0: Hello, we're at Inside Tour Pod on social, and in this season finale, I'm about to talk to a very special guest.
1: Hello, I'm Doddy Weir, the big log forward from Scotland. Yeah, that's all working out. Amazing. God, it's good. Fantastic. Um, Doddy, how, how are you, first of all? How are things at the moment? I'm hey, very well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, enjoying life. I don't know if the kids in the family. I joined lockdown quite as much as me, (laughs) but I get quite frustrated and annoyed at myself. But I had a bad fall about six weeks ago. So when I trip or fall over, it's like having your arms taped to the side of your body. So when I fell, I banged my head, five stitches, knocked myself out, lost a tooth, bruised my lip, and got a wee, and uh, ride right to the hospital in an ambulance. So we're doing very well at the moment. You're doing really well, my God. That was really quite we're recent. The- okay, but you're, you're recovering. Of course, yes. Uh, yeah, I think they may have had more injuries <laughs> with this MND lock than all of my rugby career.
0: Doddy Weir is a remarkable man. As we come to the end of our journey with the British and Irish Lions of 1997, one of the biggest characters on that trip gets a whole episode, somewhat fittingly, just to himself. As we heard on episode six, his Lions tour ended prematurely, a victim of opposition brutality. It wouldn't be the last cruel blow to strike this immensely popular man of the Scottish borders. In June, 2017, 20 years on from that famous tour and with 61 Scotland caps to his name, Doddy Weir was diagnosed with the incurable motor neurone disease. He was given roughly three years to live. Since then, with remarkable verve and vigour, he's raised millions to support fellow sufferers and assist research into treatment and a possible cure for MND. His attitude to life is one of unfailing positivity, something which can inspire us all and touches all of us who've had the privilege of enjoying his gregarious, generous, often hilarious
2: company.
3: Wherever he goes in the world, he makes friends. Listen, if he comes to a party, you've got a
2: party. He's he's always had a constant smile and mischief in his eyes. Doddy Weir, he holds a special place in my heart. He was put on this planet
4: to make everybody feel good. And the thing that comes over always is his positivity. I think what he's done and how he's gone about it is extraordinary.
5: People tend to think that Duddy's a big stupid laddie, but he was a very, very serious rugby player.
0: That's Lions coach, Jim Telfer. We'll also hear from the team manager, Fran Cotton, the doctor, James Robson, and his longtime friend, the broadcaster, Jill Douglas. From that class of 97, Keith Wood, Rob Wainwright and John Bentley. As for Doddy himself, you'll hear him in slightly dodgy zoom quality, not the greatest. His recording device gave up the fight in a way that Doddy has never contemplated small victories. We thank you, Doddy. This final episode of the series is our tribute to you, Doddy Weir. Here's your friend, John Bentley.
6: Doddy's one of my besties. Yeah, I loved him to bits from day one and I've had an amazing friendship. You have a real warm feeling about coming away, having been in his presence, and a bit of a glow inside. I've never heard him really say a bad word about anybody. Nobody, and he's always laughing and smiling. He's just full of life, and it's as though he was put on this planet to make everybody feel good. He's amazing. Amazing.
3: I'm Jill Douglas. I am a sports broadcaster and I am also CEO of My Name's Doddy Foundation. So I've known Dodd since we were in our teens. I knew him through sort of farming circles. We're both from Borders farming families and Kathy I knew before she met Doddy really. So we've all been really good mates from when we were in our teens. He's been our best man, you know, God to each other's kids, all of that. He is somebody I think who Wherever he goes in the world, he makes friends. And even now, I meet people who say, oh, I remember Doddy came to our rugby club 20 years ago or 15 years ago, and he said this, and my wife, you know, danced with him, or my son got a chat with him, or whatever it might be. People love Doddy, and I mean that unreservedly. He is somebody who is very easy to love, and not everybody's like that. (laughs) But he's just a big character. Jim, Delva. People tend to think that
5: Doddy's a big stupid laddie, you know, and he likes uh, doing stupid things. He does do these things, childish things, but he's a, he was a very, very serious rugby player. And although he wouldn't say that he extended himself too much to the point of exhaustion and training, he never shirked anything
2: either. I'm Rob Wainwright. It's difficult to analyse how, how it was back then. Doddy was, to a degree, daft Doddy, always looking for a bit of fun. Maybe, as he'd say himself, not you know so diligent on the training field as, as Jim Telfer would like him to be, but with massive natural talents on the, on the rugby field. He's, he's always had a constant smile and mischief uh, in, in his eyes. And, uh, and, you know, a very kind person. He always has, and he just looks to, to bring joy. James Robson. I was the tour doctor on the
7: Lions tour to South Africa, 1997. Doddy Weir, he holds a special place in my my heart. He sat on the plane beside me on the way to Canada um, for my first tour in 91. I'd never met an individual who could eat as much. And indeed, I remember him actually distracting me and pinching half my aircraft meal. I then remember him being in the first McDonald's I was ever ever in, or a similar you know, similar establishment, and just eating phenomenal quantities. And in those days, he was a bit like a beanpole, but he had the appetite of a a lion, and that's the way he's lived his life. He is the most gentle of people, the most understanding and caring person that I could ever wish to, to meet.
3: Listen, if he comes to a party, you've got a party. I remember the Lions tour in 2009, and it was my husband's 40th birthday, that could be right, yeah. And we, we went down to our local rugby club to watch the match on the day of Carl's birthday. And the bold Doddy appeared uh, down to the rugby club. Now, we didn't know that many people down at our local rugby club at that time. We hadn't lived there very long. Well, within about an hour, they were doing boat races. And it was like lunchtime, you know, or you know, whenever it was. I don't know what time of day it was, but they were all on the floor doing boat races. And they were all... God, and they still talk about it. Uh, and then he came to the house afterwards. Um, he, they're down regularly, and of course now are well known to all of our friends in gentlemen. You know, he was just the barman. He was the waiter. He was—he was just having a whale of a time. And that's just what he's like. But there is a, a more um, thoughtful side to Doddy, and a, and a very caring side. And he's got great empathy, which I think he can pick up on people's moods really quickly. So he. He's a very good person to have as a mate, I'd say.
4: Fran Cotton, I was the manager of the 1997 British and Irish Lions. Yeah, the first time I picked up on uh, Doddy and his sense of fun and humour was uh, back in uh, Weybridge as part of our preparations. We were doing the, uh, the very beginnings of media training, And we had uh, John Taylor, who was working for The Mail on Sunday, and David Norrie, who was working for the News of the World at the time, came in. Uh, We were talking about various things, about, you know, if uh, you're in the bar at midnight and this blonde suddenly appears and sits on your knee, you should be a little bit circumspect as to uh, what the motives are. Uh, But then they decided to ask some questions, and they, uh, uh, I think it was uh, John Taylor suddenly said that, Doddy Weir, the Lions management have put a curfew on for 11 o'clock last Friday night before the game. And it's reported that you were seen at one o'clock leaving a nightclub. Uh, What have you got to say? And quick as a flash, he just said, "Uh, my father's on tour here in South Africa and he looks very, very much like me. And the whole place collapsed. It was just how quick, and you how how he said it and suddenly realised you had a good guy here with a really good sense of humour. He was fun, always fun to be around and he was playing well on the
6: tour. There was a good, good chance, you know, Jeremy Davison emerged. Jono was always going to be picked. Well, they felt Jono was always going to be picked. That's why we made him captain. And then he got injured and had to go home, which was sad. You know, we said goodbye. But Richard Branson flew him back out,
4: I think, for the tests the latter stages, and he came back out. We did, we missed him. You know, you need those characters on the uh, on the tour, and they're quite, you know, John Bentley's obviously one, Doddy was another, and, uh, you know, when those guys suddenly get the tour finished with some ridiculous uh, incident, you know, initially it does take a bit away from you, but then you've got to get on the horse quickly, and, uh, you know, we wish him all the best, but we've got a job to do. You know, we've still got to win this Test Series... Yeah, the players responded. I'm Keith Wood. I was the
8: Lions hooker in 1997. It was a nasty, um, I don't know whether you'd call it a stamp. It was more a karate kick than a a stamp onto the side of the knee. And it looks awful, looks wrong, is wrong. The people who watched the video can see the emotion on on Daddy. And I I watched the video in lockdown. It's the first time I watched it fully since, since it came out. But... That emotion when the realisation is that this is it and this is over. Well, one thing I'd say for Doddy, Doddy wears his heart on his sleeve. And that pain, it's not physical pain, that's the bursting of a dream, you know, to play in a, in a, in a Lions
3: Test series.
8: like That comes across so incredibly, you know, and then his, his stoicism after it.
3: And I think with that injury, yes, he was bitterly disappointed. But then as he ever is, he would think, well, at least I was there in the first place. And I've had a whale of a time so far, so a lot of guys never even got on the plane.
8: And of course, now we're seeing what stoicism means and how you can deal with something and make it about you and make it not about you at the same time.
9: Life after rugby, you try and set yourself, be a family up for the future, go enjoy your retirement, and you never think anymore about your health. So, uh, four years ago, I had a issue where my arm is and I'm a bit of skin twitching. went to the doctor got diagnosed with MND. And with that, it's not the best of the kind of results you want to hear. It's a terminal
3: issue. Gee, for all of us, for him, for Kathy, for the boys, for everybody. Just kind of speechless, really.
9: There is no cure to it, and uh, life expectancy is between one and three years. So every day we've got a little fight with m and and at the moment it's quite tricky because I'm lucky, I'm still living four and a half years in after being diagnosed, still able to speak, eat, drink, and um, a lot of people don't have that luxury anymore. But I do need help putting food in my mouth. I do need help in the shower. My good lady is truly unbelievable in that department, but hey-ho. I was due to meet him at an event uh, somewhere
6: down south, and he rang me ahead of me meeting him to tell me the news. This was way prior to his announcement, not long after his diagnosis, actually. Uh, It was a Christmas 2016 was the diagnosis, I think. He rang me to tell me I couldn't believe it. I found out. Um, Daddy told me I was speaking at a uh,
8: rugby dinner, which I do rarely. But I was doing it up in in Scotland, and just before I went up, I was talking to Daddy, and he. I said, "How are you, Daddy?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not great." And I said, "Okay, um, not nothing bad, I hope." And he went quiet, and he said, uh, "Yeah." Um, not good no not good it's motor neuron and the second he said motor neuron the mc said ladies and gentlemen keith wood and i walked up to 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 talk about it and i ended up talking about daddy for 10 minutes you know just because i couldn't i actually couldn't get him out of my head
3: you know having seen you van der and um, jared cunningham carl's uncle tom smith who pl- was a lion himself actually played prop for a gala he, he died of MND, but he was an old man when he died. To see Doddy and to know what he was facing was, was really hard. And, of course, the immediate thing you want to do is rush up there to help, and what can we do? Well, there's not much you can do. And I can vividly remember Carl telling me, Carl couldn't speak, same as when Doddy tried to tell Carl, they couldn't speak, you know, and, and poor Doddy had to go through that process of telling his loved ones uh, really early on, and then none of us talked about it For another few months until he processed it and he wanted to wait and tell his family at the right time so really hard um but we all kind of had some real big open honest conversations and I think that's a really amazing thing to sort of sit down with people that you care about and and talk about some of the big (laughs) the big subjects and those were around what would happen to him at that point you know he didn't know if he'd live for a year you know that's the that's the prognosis. When you're given this most devastating diagnosis, you you really are warned that things could happen very quickly. So there was quite a lot of things to think about in that immediate first few months. And even today, it's you know it's like anybody, any anybody who's had somebody in their lives that they love and care about to find that they're unwell or given a diagnosis of MND. It's, a, it's a tough to deal with, but if, you, if your mate is Doddy Weir, you follow his lead and we follow his lead. This is
0: Inside the Tour in association with Vodafone, lead partner of the British and Irish Lions. It's a My Name is Doddy special edition to close the series. That's the Foundation created by the Scotland and Lions lock forward Doddy Weir shortly after being diagnosed with motor neurone disease in 2017. We're hearing from teammates Rob Wainwright, John Bentley and Keith Wood. Fran Cotton and Jim Telfer are sharing their thoughts. Plus Jill Douglas, the sports broadcaster and childhood family friend who now works as CEO of the Foundation. Oh, and Doddy himself, of course.
9: I'm still here, I'm still fighting. We have a foundation up in My money study. We were able to invest nearly £6 million into research and a million pounds into helping people and And we'll keep fighting until uh, we track and find this cure.
3: So we sat down with Finlay Calder, John Jeffrey, Scott Hastings, Gary Armstrong, myself, Kathy. Another friend of Doddy's, Constituent Weir, um, we sat with a lawyer, we sat with an accountant, we sat with some people and said, right, what are we gonna do? Doddy said, this is a disgrace. There is nothing. I've got no hope, no choice. There's nothing, there's no treatment. That can't be right. And I'm not settling for that. He, he
6: actually was told by the, 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 the doctors that he needed to go home. He got motor neuron disease and the test, there is no test, test tested for everything else. Uh, At which point they decided, he obviously got motor neurone disease, go and look it up in the internet and see what works in terms of treatment. And he just thought, that's not good enough.
3: And I'm surrounded by people who love and care for me and want to help me. Not everybody's got that around them. So I want somebody who's got this awful news to have some level of support. Now, there are some fantastic charities, MND Scotland, MND Association, frontline care charities who deliver incredible support, care teams up and down the country, NHS nurses neurological um, centres who do incredible work, but there are no treatments. So Doddy and the group of us decided to, we would start fundraising. And started to raise the awareness about the, the, the condition
6: and, and has, has, has raised millions.
3: And of course, when somebody hears that Doddy has got MND, the money starts to flow in. And then there's a responsibility to think, well, we need to do this properly. So we went through some real serious governance We wanted to make it very transparent, we wanted everybody to know where the money was going. And we sat down um, and decided that we would need some advice from the research community. So we now have a scientific advisory board which meets twice a year and it is filled with the most eminent professors of neurology and clinicians from across the country. And, And the UK is world leading at this, so we're very lucky. And our first grant award was to a guy called Professor Chris Shaw in London, at King's London, a Kiwi. He's the only New Zealander I've ever met who's not a rugby fan, strangely enough. But he tells a great story. He met Doddy, and Doddy said to him, so how long have you been in this game, you know, working in MND? And Chris Shaw said, quite pleased with himself, 25 years. So I said, you know, I've got plenty of experience. And Doddy said, 25 years? What have you been doing? Where's the cure? Where's the results? Have you got any treatments? And it rocked Chris Shaw, and he's back on his heels, and he thought, do you know what this guy's? This guy's going to be disruptive, and he is. And and we ask some really big questions of these people. We give them money. We've invested six million pounds to date in just three years, and a million pounds in addition has gone to help people living with MND to help them live as good a life as they can.
9: We get quite a number of emails of people who have MND who are no longer here. There was one a wee while ago. And to show how debilitating it is, this uh, husband has m and and the wife cannot even give time to go put the washing out because something might happen to her husband while away. So it's 24-7 care that some people need. I'm not
3: at this stage yet. We've attracted huge support. We couldn't have done it without incredible support. The rugby community, the farming community, people generally who can identify with it because this is not a rare disease one in 300 people you have a one in 300 chance in your lifetime of having mnd the reason that there aren't that many people with it at any one time is because you die bloody quickly and you die a horrible death so people identify it they want to help Uh, we raise incredible funds through all manner of activities and we do it because we do it for doddy because he leads us, he inspires you every day, he wants, makes me want to be better. And his view is, if we can't do anything for him, what about doing something for the people that will come behind him? And that's, that's a
7: big thing to say. How he has managed to conduct himself in the manner he has, and the immense help he's given to so many people. So many people appreciate what they've got because they see what Doddy is going through. And he is so self-effacing. But, you know, how much money has he raised? He's raised an immense amount of money for future research.
9: COVID has a wee bit of an impact on it, but we've been able to start trials in the UK, which is lovely because that's the first time ever that's uh, happened. And he's
7: inspired
9: a whole raft
7: of of people that, uh, uh, you know, his contribution to life in general is just one that's... uh, unsurpassed in, in my circle.
9: With the support and the, and the team we've got we've been able to challenge the system so trying to get the professors maybe to work a little bit harder and the apartment to stand up because it's an absolutely brutal disease for people who don't know it's a massive wasting disease so Apparently, my leg muscles are disappearing. So you can't walk. My arms and hands don't work very well so you can't breathe. You can't your head, for example, you can't clean your teeth, can't do your hair. Your swallowing muscles disappears. So you can't swallow food. foot, can't speak. And then your internal diaphragm muscles disappears. So you can't breathe. So it's an ultimate brutal disease. And the impact it has on family and friends, not only the patient, is quite horrific. So we need to do something about that. And with the foundation, I do think we're making an inroads into trying to quicken up the process to try and find a stoppage or a cure.
2: Uh, the rugby family was wonderful when we played, we could go around the world to, to rugby playing countries and you were invited into people's house with, without a, you know, a second thought, they trusted you, they wanted to hear your stories uh, and it, it's an amazing thing to play in the rugby family and then we've seen with Doddy mobilising it when you have uh, an icon like Doddy who is universally loved. What he can achieve by tapping into this amazing disparate community we have all around the world bound together by this wonderful game we've got.
9: an example what friends have done Rob uh, comes from Nile call which are those a lot habits. so he comes up with some most amazing ideas
2: and generally thought, the Johnny thought I spend a lot of time sitting on a quad bike driving around the farm and occasionally weird ideas come up and every so from one of them one of them works
9: and Raised over a million pounds for the foundation which
2: is truly amazing I, I, I'm just uh, you know a facilitator who's working in in the shadows and working with Doddy's uh, aura is his, the, the attraction that, that he can push out to people makes it very easy to recruit people to events. And I, I've done a similar events, and you know, had thirty people take part. So <laughs> to to get up into tens of thousands was was wonderful. But uh, it's it's all down to a figurehead like Doddy.
9: People are enjoying not only supporting, but getting quite a lot out of the reason behind it all. And it, I think it's bringing a smile to a lot of people, which I quite enjoy and love to see albeit the real story is that I'd find a cure. What strikes me is his tremendous enthusiasm
5: for everything, and he's so positive, shows so much, you know, of his natural e- ebullience that he's always had. He came to my house uh week got Friday. We sat in the garden in the back of the, my garden there and had coffee, and... Uh, uh, He was tremendous, absolutely tremendous.
4: Well, I've been up to uh, see him, I think, three times uh, since he was first diagnosed. And the thing that comes over always is his positivity. He's always positive. That sense of uh, fun is still there. And you can only have fantastic admiration for his stoicism and his ability to cope because... um, when I first uh, went up to see him, the initial prognosis was that he would no longer be with us at this stage. But he is, and that's testament to his, his fighting spirit.
9: Every day we fight with well, M&D, and at the moment we're keep fighting. But the thanks to all the support of the university make it worthwhile for getting up in the morning. My family friends, and Rob said the weather would have been amazing.
2: He's he's always been a huge amount of fun, and uh, it's it's tragic to see the situation he's in, but it's wonderful to see how he's turned a negative, a big, big negative, into such a massive positive, and that's the legacy of the man, really, isn't it? I
8: check in with him as much as I can, I have an ability to make him cry, which he, he doesn't thank me for. Yeah, look, I think what he's done and how he's gone about it is extraordinary. And it's not just him, it's his family. How they've gone about it is extraordinary. And uh, I keep slagging him that he's hogging the limelight, you know. But uh, how his how, how his wife and kids have been, which I think they're sharing this experience with, with the whole world, is pretty extraordinary.
3: His energy is great. And, and he obviously there's a physical deterioration, I can tell you that I've seen it more in the last few months. It's been difficult because he's been shielded. um, And I see the effect that the disease is having on him and others that we are in touch with regularly. Not only does he have the energy to continue to ask big questions of the research community, to campaign. We had a meeting with Matt Hancock in December, which was fantastic and we've got some progress there. But also the unseen side of what he's doing every day and that's when we are contacted with by families and people who've had this diagnosis who just want to talk to him He t- and it must be draining emotionally I don't know how he does it but he talks to people he supports people we've recorded podcasts to share his experiences he's very open very candid about his life so I, you know you ask him where he gets his energy from he says, I've only got a limited time, so I might as well make the most of it. So he basically fuels himself on good food, good wine, Guinness, and uh, and he gets on with it. And that's, you know, he's fortunate, he's got the most amazing other half, Kathy, Mary Doll as he calls her, um, is, is an absolute diamond. So yeah, they're a good team. They just kind of move forward step by step and adapt and and change and enjoy themselves. You know, this lockdown has been hard on everybody, but you know, it's given them a year of being at home. You know, Doddy was the most sociable creature in the world. Kathy's very sociable, but it meant that they were at home. They were spending time together and just getting that really valuable family time. I think that's been really important. I had a, not a
6: go at Doddy. I, I didn't have a go at him, but I just said, it's all right you creating this legacy for your family, uh, for, for your motor neuron disease, which he has done. He's created a legacy. He said, but you've got precious time, don't you now with the boys as well. So the three sons, and, and he was doing a lot of travelling, you see. And, uh, and his argument for that was, look, while I can and I'm able to, I want to and I'm going to, and I get that. But the one thing about the lockdown has been that it's given him not the most desirable of time, but some time to spend with the boys. Uh, which otherwise he'd just be going off driving
3: around working and what have you. But he's still still fighting. Doddy is Doddy Weir. He's not defined by MND. Cathy and the boys are not defined by having a dad who's got MND. They are the Weirs. She's Cathy Weir. The boys are great. They've got their mates. They, They do their thing. Doddy does his thing. He doesn't do it in the same way that he used to. But, you know, they're living their life and, and it, it has had a profound effect on on all of them. But they have a lot of fun. And Doddy always says, have a bit of fun, you know, have a bit of a caper. <laughs> and uh, and that's, you know, what a brilliant way to be.
5: Everybody knows who Doddy Weir is in Scotland. And and that's even during lockdown, he hasn't been able to do much. He's suffered from the, as regards the fundraising, things that he could have done during that year, but he, if you met anybody in the street in my town or any town in Scotland, you said, you know, about Doddy Weir, they would say, oh, yeah.
2: He's always lit up the room wherever he goes and it's a characteristic that hasn't left him. And he says his, his legacy is, you know, smile a lot, have fun. But I think we all hope his, his other legacy will be that he facilitated finding effective treatments so or even better a cure for MND and, and I know that's uh, you know the big focus of his life and it and it it's wonderful because it, it gives him real direction and something to be positive about.
3: Have fun and enjoy what you do. Yeah, if you were going to put one word next to Doddy, it'd be fun and that's.
9: <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Doddy Weir, farmer, forward, friend, father and fundraiser. His My Name Is Doddy Foundation continues to work tirelessly to raise money to help those suffering from motor neurone disease. And so we reached the end of this 10 part series on the Lions of 97. We've taken you inside the tour like never before. From the initial excitement. We remembered for being the happy tour. That was
6: amazing.
0: Happiness. Everybody was smiling all the time. Through the pain. I mean, it's bloody hard. And the preparation. Scrummaging is something entirely different. To the pride. It changed my life, really. And the planning. It gives me goose pimples singing about it. It's a bit emotional as well. And the perfect performances. I mean, it was champagne rugby. To, ultimately, the celebrations. The best six, seven weeks of my life. With some laughs along the way. Type of noise. From some of the greatest characters in the game.
4: The greatest tour ever.
0: Download all 10 episodes of the series right now from your favourite podcast platform. A final word to Doddy Weir. His 1997 Lions tour ended prematurely, but it remains one of his life highlights. I
9: had a great time on that tour and still have very fond memories. You might not see a lot of the people on that tour for a long time, but when you do meet up, it's like yesterday. And that is very true, just like yesterday.
0: Keep the conversation going at Inside Tour Pod, including your experiences of watching or perhaps meeting Doddy Weir. Please post a review if you can, if you've enjoyed this series, which has been a 9419 production for Audie. Producer Danny Garlick, sound design and original music by Lee Sperry, with the executive editor for 9419, Jonathan Overend. I'm Alistair Eakin, and until next time, thanks for listening.